This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. Invention Radio. Steve Osir, hanging out the lovely Mary Valet. Hello, Hello, Mary Valet. Richie Ote. What's Hello, up, baby? And we are joined in studio today, all the way from Florida. Came all the way across. I actually just did that truck. I did, um, I did San Diego to Orlando, Orlando to LA, LA to Maui, Maui to San Diego. Yeah, I did that uh, last week, and that was uh, that was a lot of travel. Get, working of travel. on my airline all one miles. Way stuff. All, yeah, basically, yeah. right? I know. Uh, so you, wow! Thank you for making the trek because coming in from Orlando is definitely uh, it's uh, five ish hours, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, five hours in Southwest. Fortunately, we flew direct. All right, I don't like to fly any other way. All right. Well, Caitlin Pyle is here with us in studio, and uh, her husband Ben's hanging out. What's up, Ben? How are you, brother? All good? Yeah, good. all good. Yeah, we'll get you a mic at some point, and uh, of course we won't. So we'll just keep making fun of you, and you can't really retort at all at this point because yes. you don't have your own mic. You like that, Caitlin's having idea. <laughs> All right, so uh, so I want to jump right into it because I really am a big fan of what you're doing and how you're helping people. And so uh, it's an interesting story. I don't want to belabor the, the story part of it. I really want to just jump into how folks can leverage your teachings and leverage your knowledge uh, to create income from home. And, you know, this is something that's been going on, obviously, for eons, right? I mean, from the days, I don't know if you remember when you were a kid, but like, uh, you probably don't. Rich, I remember when you were, Mary, you probably remember when you were kids, like just I'm a little, still a kid. What the are you classified ads in the back of the paper, you know, make money from home, send yep. $5 to this address and get a newsletter. That's how you make money from home. You yeah. take out an ad and you say, and that's exactly what they did. Like, wait, what are you talking about? This is exactly what you do. You take out an ad. You say, send me $5. Literally in a newspaper back in the day. in a newspaper. That that's was how the we ad, started. Right? So it's got a shitty, I mean, it's got like a shitty reputation, right? I mean, let's be honest. When people think about making money from home, at least when you're a little bit older like I am, it doesn't have the best reputation, at least because of how the industry was at some point. But when you say work from home, just so we're clear, and, and again, we can get into your background and all that fun stuff as well, but I just want to make sure we're all on the same page out of the gate here. So when you say making money from home, working from home, what what does that mean in your world? Just want to make sure I understand that. Yeah, so it's it's not scammy stuff. It's not envelope stuffing. It's not taking out ads. It's not um, sitting at home in your pajamas. I mean, you could be sitting at home in your pajamas, but it's real people using real skills to solve real problems to make real money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Translating your nice. skills yeah. Yeah. making money. I'm in. You're in. I know, right? Well, I've been at home for decades. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you do make money from home. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess so there's there's kind of a fine line there, and maybe that's where we can be in, begin the discussion, because the way that we work now remotely, I mean, arguably, mm, there are still employees who go to a place of work, but there's a lot of remote employees. Uh, you know, you've got independent, independent professionals. I mean, like, you know, real estate, like what Mary does, and online marketing, like what I, I mean, so what are we talking about here? Are we just simply talking about uh, people who now no longer have to go to an office? Or are we talking about specific ways? What What do you teach people? That's what I'm trying to understand. Yeah. So, I mean, there's still the camp of real companies hiring people to work remotely. There's still that. So you don't have to work for yourself. Uh, that's what I tend to promote because that's how I, I got started. I got booted out of my job in 2011, brutally, brutally fired. Did you say and in 2011? 2011, yeah. yeah. So, gosh, it's 2018 now. So right. coming up on a seven-year anniversary of that and our seven-year wedding anniversary, my husband and I is in March. So um, so did you get fired before or after so I, the wedding? Months, five months after we got married, I five got months fired. At, oh, man. All yeah. right. 
And but it was the best thing that ever happened to me because that's where I was learned. Was it the best thing that ever happened to you, Ben? Just out of curiosity, that yeah, she got he fired flies around the country like, with her now. What are you talking about? Of course yeah, it is. Now it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now it, it definitely wasn't the best thing ever when it happened, but in retrospect, I mean, that was just the best stepping stone. I mean, those kinds of quote unquote failures definitely propel you forward instead of looking at them as like the worst thing because mm-hmm. she was, you know, the person that owned the company that. Uh, that fired me, she was the one who taught me how to proofread, which is how Wait, I got... Wait, so at the time you were doing proofreading work? That was yeah, your job? Yeah, it was kind of like my side hustle, but I was the marketing manager, and I didn't really know anything about marketing, so it was really kind of ironic. But neither <laughs> did they, so they thought if I knew more than them, you know, mm-hmm. I was the expert. So uh, I was a marketing manager making $16 an hour, and I had three people below me making $13 an hour, maybe 14 doesn't really matter, but... Um, they didn't have a differentiation between marketing and sales. And so they were asking me to make all these cold calls and I would do it, but I'd be like, this is just not my jam. And so it was just not a good thing. And so I don't want to go into, we'd be talking all day about how I got fired, but, um, I was forced out and I used my side hustle as a proofreader. I was doing that for part-time about four dollars to $500 a month. And I just grew like slowly grew it. And so that's why Wait, what I let's take now, a step back. Let's take a step back. So what, what I want to make sure I understand here is, so you had the day job. And this was something you were doing. So there's a lot of people out there right now who have day jobs yeah. and they want to get a side hustle on. So four or five hundred bucks a month. I mean, for a lot of people, that's that's, that's life changing money. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's you know, that's a car payment. Yeah, and a mortgage. Good, get a good car at that, right? I mean, it's, anyway, it's good money. So not how in this did town, you, not a mortgage, but uh, where other uh, listeners are, yeah, there's right. no five hundred dollar mortgage. But yeah, it's so, life changing for sure. For sure, four or five hundred bucks a month. So how did you pick up those first? gigs though like four or five hundred bucks a month getting that in like how what did you do to make money as a yes mary well and also who needs proofreading <laughs> everybody everybody who uh, have you read social sure. media lately have you watched rich oh, spell sheesh. <laughs> that spell check for I me i need proofreaders and i right? am one uh, <laughs> it's crazy so, so how so how did you pick up those initial gigs then like what, what did that look like yeah well i was working as um a receptionist at a court reporting office and i noticed some typos in our marketing i was like well if we're trying to produce these verbatim transcripts then we should not have typos in our marketing towards the people who are going to be hiring us right and so um, I got kind of known around the office as the eagle eye, and I started proofreading all of our marketing materials, which is how I got introduced into the marketing department, um, and nothing left our office without me looking at it. And then I got recruited to do quality assurance uh, for the actual transcripts. And then I got a few of the court reporters that contracted with our agency to send me their work, um, and so that's how I got my first few clients, was just working at a court reporting office. Did your employer office. know this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did. And she they referred were o- me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So they were okay cool. with that. Yeah. All right. But so just yes, a, okay. So you've written books. I've written books. Have you ever noticed that when you go back to look at a document, you're like, "How, how did that letter get there?" <laughs> and it's like wrong because mm-hmm. they have proofreaders at Simon and Schuster and Wiley and Hyperion. Yeah. And I still open my book and there's something that they didn't catch. Yeah, and it might happen. I mean, something that I'm trying to change because of my um, involvement in the proofreading industry is the idea that editing and proofreading are the same thing. And so a lot of first-time authors will use an editor and then that's it. And that's not the way to go. You need an editor and a proofreader because when the editor gets in there, rips everything to shreds, it becomes just like their own work. Mm -hmm. And they need that last set of eyes, which is what a proofreader is. So they're totally different skills. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hmm. So... And I just want to move then forward to you you got fired from the job. You were obviously you still had the side hustle. So you still had a little bit of money coming in. What was the next step after that? So you got fired. You knew you probably didn't want to work for anybody else after that type of experience because they were not nice to you when they fired you. And we don't have to go into detail on that, but they just were not nice to you at all. So you knew you didn't probably want to work for someone else unless it was an exceptional opportunity. And those are, you know, far and few between. 
So you had to take fate into your own hand. You had to really take control of your life. What happened next? Uh, not what you would expect. I actually paid $7,000 to go to personal training school for four months. I thought I wanted to be a personal trainer. Um, and wow. so it turned into one of those things where I knew pretty, they don't tell you, Hey, you're going to have to sell yourself as a personal trainer. There's, you just like working out you're like, Hey, I want to be a personal trainer. I want to help people with this, with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was in personal training school for four months straight. I ate, slept, dreamt, uh, personal training. And then I was like, oh, okay, well now I got to go make money. And they don't really teach you that yeah. very much. Uh, just and like that proofreading and editing are different yeah. like that being the personal trainer and then selling yourself congratulations as you are certified <laughs> you're a good news <laughs> bad news is you got no clients yes. yeah so now you gotta go find them yeah so yeah. i ended up teaching a lot of classes and what i i liked teaching the classes i just didn't like having to show up at a certain time a certain place and just being tied to that location but i Wait, still that's had a job right that's, no, that's right? why, like, that, but that's why yeah. personal trainers become personal trainers <laughs> right. exactly right. for that yeah. same reason unfortunately yeah. unfortunately Crazy. so you didn't like the didn't fact like that you it. had to show up at a certain time yeah i didn't like that i'm like this is what i just got out of and stuff and so but i still had my part-time uh proofreading clients i had two Mm -hmm. and then one of them was like hey i can't um work with you anymore because you aren't like through my agency and i'm like well what agency do you work for maybe i can contact them and see if i can become one of those official proofreaders and so Mm -hmm. that's exactly what i did and i ended up becoming the quality assurance proofreader working at home i was remote there from west palm beach and i was in orlando Mm -hmm. and then i got tons of referrals from that and so I became this professional transcript proofreader completely by accident. And then people started asking me how you do what you do. And that's how Proofread Anywhere started in 2014. Okay. So Proofread Anywhere is the name of a program that you have. It's a blog. We have two different courses, but the name of the blog um, and the platform that we host those courses is Proofread Anywhere. And so did you think honestly, or better question, Ben, did you think honestly, like, I mean, like for real though, I mean, is anybody going to buy this, right? I, mean, I that, that absolutely had to be, did not think anyone. It had to be a question it. in your mind. Did you create it first, or did you sell it first? I created it first, and it was because I had taught people successfully and see them get results. I taught them one on one, and then Ben was pushing me because he'd been listening to different like entrepreneur podcasts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and people that published books and started blogs. And I was like, okay, well, I can just write this thirty-page ebook and sell it and see what happens. And so people bought it, and I was so surprised. Wait, wait, wait. You gotta, if you build it, they will come doesn't always happen. So no. how did you get people to come? So, you, so the first thing you did before you created a course was you created an ebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just created a simple ebook that covered what is the proofreading industry and yeah, I how sat you down can make money in the industry. And I just wrote down everything I knew about how to do what I did, and it was abysmally you bare. Read, I, yeah. You read. You write down what's wrong, and you send it to the client. <laughs> there's more That's to it than 30 that. pages? <laughs> there's a lot more to it than that, because I included... Ben, like, there's not more to that, is there? That's exactly what it... That's, yeah, right? Invoicing, and what do you do when um, you mess up? What do you do? Like, when is it time to fire a client? The billing, accounting, all that business stuff. So it's always been all But this inclusive. is important to think about, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of us take our skills and our knowledge for granted, and we, yeah. don't, we don't think about yeah. all of the steps that go into it. Yeah. So... I'm sure when you first wrote, you know, you were like, oh, my God, okay, I'm going to have like two pages here. But mm-hmm. then as you started to think about it more and more, you were like, oh, wait a minute, you got to think about this. And you have to, yeah. how do you get clients? And you have to, like, so that became this book. How much did you sell the book for? Uh, $68. Did you really? Yeah. The ebook? And then I sold it together with, yeah, it was an ebook. Um, and I sold it together with a training program, which included um, one practice transcript, my review, and then something else. And that was like $150, but what? I always discounted it. Um, yeah, but that book, all those 
I think I sold it to 17 people, the training program, all their questions eventually became course content. And of so, course, wow. right? Yeah. And all the upsell stuff. Boy, you were, yeah. you were, you put him through a lot. You yeah. guys get married, you get fired, uh-huh. then you go spend seven grand. Uh-huh. Right. But then you got your hustle on and created it these paid products. Off so so much. Wow, it's crazy! And it's just been just over three years since I bought the domain proofreading.com, and I bought it thinking, "Well, we'll see how long this lasts," because I had this track record of just stalling out, you know. And I know mm. that a lot of people listening, can but not in relationships. That. That's just like work stuff, yeah. Right? Just yeah. work okay, stuff. Just make sure ideas, we're clear on that, um, yeah. you know, because it's just, recorded now, so you can go back to this at <laughs> yeah. any point if you need to. Yeah. Yeah, just like just not things not painting out, or I would get this idea and then not know really what to do with it or where to take it. Next. Next, just like, oh, it'd be really cool to sell this on Etsy. Well, how do you even do that? And how do you mm-hmm. get the word out? And so it was a lot of stumbling around in the dark. And Wait, you can't just end there. So how did you get the word out then? Well, like, I, didn't you had a blog. Yeah, so I had a blog, and I was in, Ben and I were planning on going to South America for a year. And so we were in these expat groups uh, for Ecuador, because um, we started out just wanting to go to Ecuador for a year. And so there's a thread where people are asking, how do you make money, how do you make money, uh, working abroad without having to make a $400 a month salary working in Ecuador, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the minimal wage. Um, and so I chimed in and said I I proofread transcripts for court reporters and people would PM me asking for information. And I taught somebody one-on-one and people were interested enough that I wrote the ebook and my first student was from that group. I don't think she ever actually did the training program, but mm-hmm. I got a little bit of traction. I went on Fiverr and I messaged. Um, it was so, I had no idea, nothing, I knew nothing about marketing back then, but I went on Fiverr and I found people who were selling proofreading services for $5. I'm like, you know, you can make a lot more than that, right? Um, here's Wait my a website. See, this is the kind of thing you take for granted. All right. <laughs> yeah. So hold on, we got to back up again. So this is like, right, she's trying up. to help people for real is what I'm hearing underneath this. Yeah. She's right. actually trying to help people. Right. So this is straight up guerrilla marketing like 101 right there. Have you read guerrilla marketing by the way? It's, uh, okay. But I know what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a book that was pretty popular yeah. at one point. Um, <laughs> so but this is this is great. So so the so you went on to Fiverr. You found people that were actually offering this service and you said hey no you shouldn't be selling that for five bucks. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was so that was one of the ways you found clients. Yeah, it was one of the uh, some several of the first people that bought my program were uh, from Fiverr. Yeah. Wow! And so five well, bucks. Yeah, <laughs> that the they're trying to sell you, model, and you sell them. That's awesome. One hundred and fifty dollar thing. That's cool. It's probably against the terms of service, and I never would do it that way. And I didn't. I didn't really maybe, consider it maybe as like. Maybe not. No, I didn't hear but, it that way. I heard hmm. it as you were really, you know. Like, kind of trying to help out yeah. proofreaders. Mm-hmm. I also you know, asked and them and not want to give be... a bad name to the market too. Yeah, and it was also a great way to find content because I'm like, hey, I want to interview proofreaders on my blog. Can I interview you? So I got cool an interview, that? and they got some exposure, stuff like that. I mean, not a ton of exposure, but then I realized that the court, the, the book wasn't enough, and so that's where we got the idea for the course. And of course, uh, of course, of course. Ben was like, oh, you should start this online course. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And that was my excuse for not getting mm-hmm. started. I was not knowing how. I want Ben's and job. Wait, did you just kick back and get these cool ideas <laughs> and be like, okay. Get his wife oh, working. Oh, <laughs> That's the gig right there. No, I'm sure he helps out. So, so you also went on to like social media, like Facebook groups and those sort of things. And you found people talking about particular subjects and you just kind of chimed in on that. that because um, again, if you don't have a lot of money, if you have no money to throw into marketing and you want to sell what you're doing, these are some of those no-cost ways that you can do it. I mean, obviously, appearing on podcasts is a great way to do it. But in this case, 
you did it through going on to social media and finding people in conversations? No, not, not so much of that. Um, I think back in December of 2014, it was about a month after we started the blog and we were, I was just really fast. I'm a very rapid executor. So I got things done quickly and got things figured out. Is your house sparkling clean? I know it's under construction right now, but like, it, it will is be. It, yeah, I was going to say you're building a new house. That's how good things are right now. You're building this custom house mm-hmm. in Orlando. So I mean, there's no money in that. The hell there isn't. I mean, Caitlin and Ben are proof that you can we make really out. good money from <laughs> yes. home. Yeah. Um, but, but it's spotless in your house, isn't it, Ben? It's like, be honest. Yeah, it is. Okay. I don't do it. It's not because of me. <laughs> uh, I'm actually pretty messy. Um, That's when I'm you cluttered. come up with I'm the not... good ideas and Ben goes and executes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Find me a mate. Uh, Done. Ben actually uh, found on the workathomewoman.com, um, and I'm very good friends with Holly Hanna. She's one of my uh, you know, promotion partners and whatnot now for my program. Um, but she was looking to interview women who worked at home. And so mm. I, we wrote in and Ben was the one who said, Hey, here's this page, you know, she's looking for people. And so I wrote in and she interviewed me about how I, um, I think it was about just proofreading. So it wasn't about my course or anything like that. But then when I came out with the course, I went back to call back to Holly and I said, Hey, now I have this affiliate program. Um, do you want to mm. promote it? And so she was one of my first affiliates. And wow. so. I really got a lot of traction with working with bloggers in the work at home niche. Um, mm-hmm. She blogs heavily about direct marketing and sales and stuff like that, but about anything work at home related. So you didn't you didn't see them as competition at that point you, because you had a very specific offering. Your offering yeah. was proofreading related and how you could make money at home. Yeah, and they weren't monetizing proofreading. proofreading at all, and so it was yeah. a perfect fit for them. And it was for them, it was like, well, we'll give it a shot, you know. And I would write the content. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, they would make up some questions to ask me, and I would help you know, guide them with what questions to ask. And so it was basically a no-brainer for them. Like, hey, I'm not monetizing proofreading. This woman has this opportunity, and we'll see how it goes. And I was doing most of the work, mm. and so it was easy for them to say yes. And so very niche-specific, going yeah. to a broader, you know, t- looking at someone who's serving a broader market and finding what they're not doing for your particular niche, your particular industry, and saying, hey, here's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But you've since gone more broad. Mm-hmm. So now does Holly hate you? No. Okay. <laughs> because I mean, I mean, with work at home summit and work at home school and these sort of things, I mean, that's that's directly in competition with with what she's doing. No, uh, she might come to the summit, right? Or well, be an expert in it. She yeah, was. Maybe. She crushed it in the launch, actually. So she does not have her own products, but the way we created work at home school is multi multi contributor, and so it's. It's so our affiliates and partners can promote it as if it were their own thing. Mm-hmm. And so all these bloggers out there that are mainly affiliate marketers, that's how Holly makes her money is affiliate marketing. She doesn't mm. have her own products. And so uh, working home school is perfect for her to promote as if it were her own product. So wow. it fills in a gap for her. And that was my goal, obviously. My goal all along is to be able to help people. And so when everything I, everything I create, I'm always like, how can this help the most people, including the people who promote it? And so mm-hmm. if it's just going to help me, then they're going to see that. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's something to help the people who are promoting it, people who buy it. And then of course, you know, the more you give, it's like, it's creating that ripple effect, you know, the more you can Mm -hmm. ripple out into helping more people then it just continues on and on. So, so so let me ask you this then. So if somebody is thinking about getting started, they want to make money from home, you know, maybe just a couple extra hundred bucks a month or, you know, maybe they've got a bigger goal in mind, but what do you say to people then in terms of, Obviously, you've got your resources, but outside of pointing them to your resources, we'll do what, that later. We'll do that later. What? What? How do people get started? What do you tell them to do? Well, definitely start small, just the same way I did. Because if you try to say, "Hey, you know, tomorrow I'm going to own a multi-million-dollar media company," which is what Ben and I have built over the last three something years, 
um, that's going to flop real fast. When mm-hmm. I started, I said, hey, I'd like to make maybe an extra $700 a month. That was really my goal, was like an extra $700 to um, give me some fun money to go get my nails done, hair done, things like that, and it turned into so much more. Um, but you've got to start somewhere, so if you bite off more than you can chew, then that's like the fastest way to fail, which I don't really believe in failure, but it's the fastest way to stall out and it's the fastest way to burn out and get yourself to quit. And a ton of people will just quit and say they... Or they'll say they failed when the reality is they just quit. They just or they, quit. Yeah. It's like New Year's resolutions when people like take on this crazy exercise program, this extreme diet, and they're like, it didn't work for me. I'm like, no, you quit or you took off. You know, It wasn't sustainable. It's got to mm-hmm. be sustainable. So you've got to start small. Um, and then, and when you say small, just so I'm clear, small in terms of the goal, small in terms of the niche. Yes, yes. So you've got to have the guts to niche down, right? So not say, hey, I want to go help everybody in every niche with every skill. That's like the worst thing you can do. Um, so you didn't, and just so I'm clear, because this is part of the messaging, this is part of the marketing, this is what I think some people struggle with. You didn't say, I want to find people who, I want to find women who are between 45 and 65 and have kids that just went uh, to college and now they're empty nesters like you didn't get that specific well not initially like i thought my main market was going to be people who are already proofreading but quickly found out that most people that gravitated towards the brand proofread anywhere were moms um some millennials who were kind of disillusioned with you know their school debt and stuff like that and then retirees so Mm -hmm. there was three primary niches that emerged but mostly moms who wanted to stay home with their kids became kind of the niche and so i didn't go into it with any particular idea of like these are my people because i didn't know who they were but i figured it out that's just a tribute to taking action noticing what you're getting and adjusting accordingly you always have to adjust accordingly never go in with like a set i'm the worst with plans everybody asks what's your morning routine i'm like i don't have one i do whatever i want all the time (laughs) Um, and that doesn't mean i don't have self-discipline i do like to work out in the mornings things like that but in terms of like a business plan and we talked before we went on the air about how um, i'm not a content consumer like every one chapter of a book and i may not get any further than that but i'm busy taking action on chapter one and Mm -hmm. i just kind of ride the wave and go from there based Mm -hmm. on the results i get from taking that action Um, And so my advice for people who are starting out new is to just start small. Start with one skill and one client. Um, And if you don't know who your client is, then you got to go, you got to figure that out. And so Mm -hmm. it's kind of counterintuitive because people are like, I have this problem and I need to make money. What if you stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about the people who have problems, right? Because other people are going to pay you. And I think that's a huge mistake that people make is that they think that making money is all about them. Making money is all about problems you're solving for other people. Mm. So you flip that switch in your mind. You're like, okay, so-and-so and... I always use dentists or golf as an example. Like in this niche, have these problems. And if they don't know what the problems are, then you go talk to those people. You don't mm-hmm. go on a Facebook group and be like, hey, what kind of problems do you do people in this niche have? Go find out where they hang out. Go to dentist conventions. Go to golf conventions. Talk to people who have those problems. Oh, I thought you were saying dentist conventions. I was like, dentist, that's cool. Like, Den- it's e- dentistry conventions. It's even a little bit of the idea of law of attraction, too, is, is – you get more of what you focus on. Yeah. And if you want to serve people and you're focusing on you want to serve people, you get to serve more people. And now Mm -hmm. you're getting to serve more people the bigger you get. And you too. You know I'm just making fun sometimes, Ben. (laughs) Um, And then on the other side, if you're just thinking, I need money, guess what you're going to get more of? Needing more money. Yep. 
So it's a little bit like it's a awesome. Good yeah. for you guys, both of you. Got to flip the switch, man. Yeah. So what what do you say then about? Does it have to be something you're you're passionate about? Like people talk about, you know, your passion and all that bullshit. Like, do you? I mean, how do you feel about that? Is it? Like, it's definitely they, easier when you like. It's it's easy to be passionate when you're winning, right? But if you're not winning and you you feel like your main problem is is not having money, then you're gonna focus on that. But. Um, go with what you're good at. Like, I wouldn't have said How does somebody figure that out? Like, what, right. I mean, like, proofreading yeah. kind of sucks. I mean, like, let's be honest. Yeah. With it. It's not like a glamorous kind of Some thing. Some people love it. It's crazy. I never thought that I would find so many people that love it, but there are so many people that love it. And, you know, yeah. So there are people out there that love it. But it's not glamorous. It's, it's not definitely like, not glamorous. Um, did it stem from wanting to be perfect at a lot of stuff? I think for a lot of people it does. They just have this. Uh, <laughs> Ben's yeah. jumping out of his chair at this point. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call myself a perfectionist. I'm. I think there was a time. What would Ben call no, you, you wouldn't get. You wouldn't stop at chapter one if you're a perfectionist, right? right. You, but I'm yeah. definitely not. I have to read the whole book before I take action, kind of person. Um, and so. So yeah. speak to that then. I mean, just in terms of uh, proofreading. I mean, it wasn't glamorous, but it's something that you did. You didn't say you were passionate about it, but it's something that you could do, and yeah. you were and you were good. It came very at naturally. It. I mean, it's a gift and a curse. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm the <laughs> guy who I did. I was in the catalog industry for ten years, right? And yeah. so, like, they, I never sent out a catalog with a with a single typo. I mean, that was like that was me. Yay. I was that guy. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm right there with. It's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. But as you look at your, you know, as you look backwards now, and then as you create programs and provide advice for people. So okay, so they're not necessarily they don't necessarily have to be passionate about it. But then, how do they identify? How do they de- how do they identify what they're good at and what they can do? Uh, for proofreaders, especially, it's usually pretty obvious. They're spotting typos and menus all the time. They see typos in billboards. They're like, why isn't that hyphenated? And it should be. Um, all right, so let's, let's skip people. proofreaders because there yeah. are those people. But for the rest of the world, how do they figure that out? How like how do they start down this path of figuring yeah. out? you know, what they could do to make four or 500 bucks a month. Yeah. Um, it's not always easy. That's for sure. And I mean, people listening are probably wondering that exact, that exact thing or they're what saying, do I do? yeah, what do I do and how do I figure yeah. it out? Um, if there's always people asking you for advice, like you're the person I come to for this thing and, mm. and I can't think of a specific example, but mm-hmm. or if you've had success in something and people have asked, how did you do it? Like when mm-hmm. are, when has that happened to you? And really think about it. Cause you mentioned earlier, Steve, about, we take our own skills and talents and, and, and aptitudes for, for granted a lot. And that was exactly the same thing with, mm-hmm. with my proofreading. But I know that there's people out there who are great at um, exercise, you know, personal sure. training and advice and, um, you know, getting people in a better mood. It I mean, even if they simple. look at their day job, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if they look at what they've done on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. like, like, the, like you said, I mean, I'm not a marketer, but, you know, I've got Lord, I can do a better job than these yeah. folks are doing. So... Maybe Somebody even loves writing, for yeah, example. Yeah, maybe even look at your day job, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of like, you know, hey, I've, for the last 20 years, I've been doing this. I may not love it. I may not be passionate about it. But, you know, I'm Mary's been it. selling real estate for, you know, 20 years, right, or whatever. So, I mean, Mary could easily create a course teaching what? Would she teach people I'm already, how? I have a course I'm creating right now. I'm for, trying to go But it's an, an example. Ex- yes. So yes. Well, okay, so what is your course? Let's. So what was that? Let's go in that direction then. So you think you want to have a vacation rental property. There you go. Oh, I okay. love that. That's catchy. Yeah. Right. Or okay. if somebody's just interested in real estate, they love design, they love that kind of stuff, maybe maybe locate some people who are blogging about those things and see what kind of problems they have in their business. And then mm-hmm. so 
I kind of regret not doing that when I was in personal training because I loved how they loved fitness, but I didn't think, hey, you know, I could go and I love writing and love proofreading. I never thought that I could go and talk to those bloggers and get to know them and then maybe work with them and create mm-hmm. a business that way. I never thought about that. So let's, and a lot let's, of people don't. Let's play that out for Mary then. So if you were guiding Mary on what to do with this course, so she's been in real estate, she has vacation rental properties, she's going to create this course that's going to teach people, you know, about vacation rental. So what So what does Mary do? She doesn't have, let's just say hypothetically, she doesn't have a radio show. She doesn't have a podcast. She doesn't have a big social media phone. She doesn't yeah. have a big email list. That, where, She's where, a nobody. <laughs> no, I'm saying hypothetically. <laughs> where, where, hypothetically, if you don't have those things, what does what does Mary do? Like, how does she get the word? Like, you and proofreading, when you had nothing make friends from with a platform. Other, make friends with other bloggers. Make friends with people who have travel blogs. Make friends with people who are teaching people how to make money in travel. Um, so, okay, so start with the travel blog. So reach out for travel bloggers. Real estate, design blogs, like anything. People who have influence um, in that niche. Like, in, I mean, are you big on like Instagram type mm. things or are you just wherever they're at? Has, like, it's regular human communication. What's this that? is the same stuff we've been talking about. Oh. You reach out, you talk to people ahead of time. Wow. Like, you actually have conversations like with work, them. Right? Like, yeah. right? Like, you're. You're reaching out. What's going on? Yeah. What's working for you? Yeah. Not just how can I help you either. That's outsourcing work. Yeah. You're basically saying, hey, I love your blog. This is why I love your blog. This specific blog post was amazing. Yeah. I think, you know, this could help even and yeah. give them some ideas. Yeah. Even even offer to write content for them because if you there make you it go. a no-brainer, then it's so much easier for them to say yes. Whereas, like, a big rookie mistake that... Uh, new people make is they'll be like, hey, you know, how can I help you? And they leave it in their the ball in their court and sure. make Never them think, make them, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, I get those emails all the time and I delete them. Um, mm-hmm. And so the best way oh, to get... that's why you haven't been responding to the emails I'm sending to you lately? Okay, I got it. <laughs> you yeah. haven't been emailing me. <laughs> um, the, the fastest way to get your email deleted is to put the ball in their court. But if you mm-hmm. make it a no-brainer, and I'm all about no-brainers, like every product I create, I make it to where it... You, It'd be dumb to say no, you know. And so, if you're mm-hmm. reaching out to a blogger that said that you know you might be able to do some research and figure out where their revenue is coming from, if they're only doing advertising revenue and they're not really doing affiliate mm-hmm. marketing, then it might be something that I mean, a lot of bloggers that's what they make their revenue on. Sure. Is so, just what, what, what could Mary sell marketing. that course for? Like what? Like what would be a range of? Because oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, oh, you no. create no. a good vacation. You can make a huge range. Well, I'm I'm yeah. asking Caitlin here. What what like what's what could be a well a range that you could envision around a course? You like want to you want to like tailor your copy around that too, because you could ask like a thousand bucks or or even more, but you'd have to definitely make it clear that you know you're paying you're paying this for an education and it's money that you can make over and over again. Much mm-hmm. like I'm, and I think the people that are in that uh, mindset of wanting to make a residual income. We'll see the value in that, the one-time payment for, you know, skills that I can use to make money over and over again. That's basically mm-hmm. how I sell my courses. You know, mm-hmm. one of my proofreading courses is almost $1,200, but it's like one time they're going to be able to make that in the first two or three months that they right. follow what I tell them to do. And so um, I say, you know, at least $1,000 for something right. like that. And it's true, right? Because if they do it right, they can get monthly income from that over and over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. So it's it pale in quickly. comparison. And I go rain man on my content. So I drill down <laughs> super tight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They'll get what they they'll they'll definitely get what they put into it. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So so online courses. That's one way to share your knowledge. What what are some of the other options for people? Because you just did a whole work at home 
summit, right? Well, mm-hmm. so what was that all about? You did there was a whole bunch of people. Yeah, you brought in share expertise, people yeah. like um, Steve Olsher and those sort of yeah, yeah. yeah. So Steve Olsher was on my summit. So what so, was that all about? Yeah, the whole idea for doing a summit actually came to me like, um, gosh, almost three years ago, where somebody said, "Oh, you should do a summit about working at home," and I said, "Nah, I don't know really how to do that." And so that was a long time coming that I finally mm-hmm. said, "You know what? I had participated in some summits and I saw some things that people were doing wrong, like recruiting speakers, and it was clearly just a list building strategy." And it got really under my skin when I would, you know, promote for these people and then I'd see that they're selling something, but they didn't give me an affiliate link. And there's just so many things that were doing wrong. And so I would see, this is how I get ideas. I see mm-hmm. that things that I don't like, things that I find myself That's complaining about, get ideas. and then I do it better. Yeah. No, there's <laughs> a lot to be said for that, yeah. for, sure. for sure. And so I started working at Home Summit and because I had for a long time on Proofread Anywhere tons of stuff about other ways to work at home and I had inadvertently become this guru that people were asking, well, what if I don't want to proofread? What do you recommend? And so I recommend different things. But then I kind of got this idea that, hey, it's more than a, we we do more than work at home. We home at work. And so the Work at Home Summit became this thing. Uh, It's an online conference, you know, much like other summits, but we also used it as a launch platform for Work at Home School. And so instead of doing the traditional, um, you know, Jeff Walker style launch where it was like three video series and then we pitch you for four days or whatever. It was this amazing online event where, like, during the whole time we were selling Work at Home School, um, and it became, like, a no-brainer thing. You know, you mm-hmm. want to learn from Steve. Uh, Steve is a contributor to Work at Home School, and he's got this course within Work at Home School along with, you know, $10,000 worth of other stuff mm-hmm. for, you know, less than $500. It was just we built this no-brainer offer, no-brainer for the people who bought it, no-brainer for the people who promoted it, you know. Yeah. Um, our contributors get 60% commission. It just kind of built itself, and it was a great launch. We did $502,000. So, did you really? Yeah. Awesome. For our initial launch for a product, and so we did a summit. That's we provided awesome. a crazy amount of value for people, and we launched a product in like six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was it was crazy, but I loved it, and the audience loved it. Um, we built a Facebook group out of it. We did a mm-hmm. podcast right alongside of it. Um, all of this mm-hmm. happened within a span of six months, and it almost didn't happen. There were so many hiccups, and we <laughs> wanted to get to a million, to be honest. We wanted to get to a million-dollar launch, but we were only able to do about half of our plans to get there. And so we landed you know, about halfway to our goal, which made sense because we mm-hmm. only got to do about half of what we wanted to do. Yeah, oh, you got a lot of life left, right? Yeah, we're just getting time. started, and we've got investors on board, and we're just getting started. So we're gonna do it's gonna be huge, and mm-hmm. we know it now. But it was an amazing event, and just taking and that's a great idea. Is like, okay, what are you complaining about in your life right now? There's probably other people complaining about it too, mm-hmm. and what could you do to solve that problem, right? Because it's a problem when you're complaining about something. There was a problem with summits. People were using them as list building techniques. People were using other people to get access to their email list and then sure. not giving them any reason to promote the thing. It was just stupid and I hated it. And, um, you know, the whole idea of having an all access pass is the only thing to buy during a summit really rubbed me the wrong way too. I'm like, mm-hmm. what if you actually bought something that was good and not just a bunch of videos? Like mm-hmm. what if the videos were just like a little cherry on top? Of, well, it like, goes back to that service thing, thing right? Yeah. If you really want to, who do you want to be of service to? Yeah. Because a lot of people when they're trying to figure out that what, back to your question earlier, Steve, and since you're what is your what guy, true, you know, true, mm-hmm. true. Um, it, that is part of the pachinko ball in the beginning too. Is you know, there's those heart ones that you feel. You know, I have something on happiness. Mary has something on like the rosary. Do you follow those or do you follow the money ones? Or mm-hmm. and then you go, but wait, there's like there's people that would pay for happiness. There's people that would pay for rosary. Like there's a Catholic faith is big. Yeah. You know, like so there's all kinds of ways. So. How how do you help people decide that part? How do they mix the who they want to serve with what they're good at? 
yeah. kind of that balance. Yeah, the I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call any of this easy. Is it simple? Yes, but is it easy? No. You've got to talk to people, and so many people they want to work at home because they don't want to be in an office environment because they're introverts, and I'm an introvert. If that if you can believe that, I really am. Um, and they want it, but you have to get out of your shell. You have to go talk to other people because those people are going to pay you. And so um, you got to go talk to the people that are interested in Catholicism. You got to go talk to them, figure out, hey, you know, what would make you better at the rosary or whatever, and just use that as an example. Mm-hmm. I used an example talking to somebody yesterday. I actually think it was my mother-in-law. I was talking to her about um, figuring out what your your niche was. And I'm like, you might want to help people who who run dog daycare businesses. We were dropping our dog off for mm-hmm. uh, at my in-laws for vacation. And... Uh, that might be a niche that you could write blog posts for dog daycare owners. You could mm. do their social media. You could do their Facebook ads, mm-hmm. like uh, write, uh, create their website so more people will bring their dogs to your place. I mean, that yeah. could be your niche. And there's so many dog daycares because there's so many dogs. You know, what kind of problems do those people have? You've got to go out and talk to those people. So it doesn't matter what your niche is. You've got to find people who are interested in it and figure out what problems they have. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, no, that's all really helpful advice. And of course, that was the, the second thing that you suggested to her because you couldn't suggest the first one, which is what to do when your daughter-in-law really... No, just fine. We won't get into any of that stuff. But, but uh, right, so this is all really, really helpful. Okay, so um, let me just do this because we're going to run out of time here, and I, and I hate when that happens. But we're going to run out of time here. I want to make sure that people have an opportunity to follow up with you. To, to where, where is the best place for them to go? Is this summit still... Uh, alive and well like can people still access that or is that was is that done now where, where should people go what should they we do? are working on making it an evergreen offer um in the future work at home school is closed right now we do have a waiting list so you can go to work at home um and just get on our waiting list there you can find me on facebook or you can join my email list and i send out some really good emails a lot of people like mm-hmm. my email so you can find me at caitlinpile.co okay leave off the m um, I'm using that domain for something else. And it's C A I T L I I N. No I, there are no K's and no Y's. All right, and it's P Y. Yeah, like Gomer Pyle, P Y L E. P Y L E. All right, sweet. So I just want to go back real quick here because something that you said I think is uh, is definitely uh, of interest to those who are in this space and understand this space and have done things in, in sort of summit land and launch land and whatnot before. Um, and this is a great way, of course, to work at home and, and make a really good income is uh, to do these types of launches, to do these types of summits, to assemble people who are experts in their particular niche and so on. Um, you said something interesting where you said, you know, a lot of the things that bothered you about the other summits where, you know, you just get this video stuff and this and you wanted the videos to be the cherry on top to that. So what was it that you were actually selling where the videos just simply became a cherry on top, just in terms of that format? Because I know there are other people out there who have been thinking about doing these sort of summits. What was your approach to that? Yeah, so it was a way that I got all of our speakers involved was, hey, you, I want you to be a not just a speaker in the summit. I want you to be an instructor in the work at home school. And so we created a product together, all of the contributors. And so there were different packages, but long story short, um, all of our speakers contributed premium content into work at home school. Um, and so we sold work at home school um, as the cake, right, mm-hmm. to the summit being mm-hmm. the cherry on top. Okay, yeah, so um, you uh, you are in a very distinct club. Uh, well, you're probably in a few different clubs, but at least one of the clubs that uh, I'm aware of that I will <laughs> that we can publicly broadcast here uh, is uh, you are in the the, the two comma club of ClickFunnels, and ClickFunnels is a uh, is a resource that a lot of people use to build landing pages and and websites and funnels and all that fun stuff, right? I mean, it's an all in one uh, resource there. Uh, did you ever see yourself selling more than a million dollars worth of product to get into that two comma club 
with ClickFunnels? No. How cool was that for you? Yeah, that was really cool. And I mean, that was just with ClickFunnels. We've done about four million with um, with Proofread Anywhere now um, wow. since we started um, a little over three years ago. But uh, I got the award, yeah, in record time in about five in five months of starting to use ClickFunnels, and that yeah. really catapulted my business. So. so what do you say to people who are thinking like, yeah, I can't do it, I don't know if I can do it, I don't know if I should do it, what what words of advice would you give them? Oh, man, this is so cliche. Just do it, just start. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's pretty. My first book was abysmal, but look what it turned into. So mm-hmm. stop listening to the voices in your head. Just like, what if it does work out? You know, what if it does? Yeah, awesome. All right, very cool. And you're uh, hanging out in San Diego for a bit and then uh, back to Orlando? Yeah. Finish up that custom house of yours with the $12 million you've made so far on uh, the Work at Home Summit and all that fun <laughs> stuff, which is awesome. And super, super congratulations Thank on you. all your success. Caitlin Pyle and Ben, thanks for joining us here on Reinvention Radio. Thank you. Talk soon. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit reinventionradio.com. You were born to do one amazing thing, but most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. If you're in a job you don't like or are unemployed, if you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, then the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Olsher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many people get on the right path and clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step to realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting thereinventionworkshop.com today. No more delays. No more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to thereinventionworkshop.com today. That's the reinventionworkshop.com.